Harley-Davidson Museum. It is a Harley-Davidson weekend, uh, whether it's Harleys or Indians or Hondas, Kawasaki, Suzuki's, whatever it is you ride, I don't care. I don't care. Celebrate riding this weekend. Enjoy a good Labor Day weekend. Uh, kicking it off a little bit earlier. you got bike night down here tonight. Bands are going to be on the stage. They have all kinds of festivities planned down here over the weekend. It's the HDQ weekend. The HDQ, Harley-Davidson Q, the way they do it. And it's all going to culminate on Sunday when the motorcycle ride leaves here at uh, 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. The registration tents open up at 8 a.m. The breakfast is served shortly after. The museum is open. Gift shops are open. Everything's open down here. And uh, then we uh, kick stands up at 11, and we go off on a 95-mile-an-hour, or 95-mile, I should say, not mile-an-hour, 95-mile motorcycle ride. And uh, we're going to go enjoy the countryside and uh, end up at Steel Tank Brewing out in Oconomowoc. Thanks to our friends over at the Rock Complex, uh, Penny Bar, Knuckleheads, uh, Stolzel 109, Steel Tank Brewing. And we're doing it all for Fisher House, Wisconsin, raising money for veterans. And I just had a question uh, during that, before we get into Mike Clemens coming up here in just a minute. Uh, but I had a question. A, a gentleman walked over and heard us talking about it. And he is, uh, he is from North Carolina. And he said he was looking for a ride this weekend. So he's going to join us, which is great. But he didn't know what, exactly what Fisher House was. Fisher House is kind of like what we call a home away from home for those that are in need when uh, the military member or the veteran is getting treatment at the VA's. Uh, there's numerous Fisher homes, Fisher houses, homes across the country. We have one right here in our own backyard in Milwaukee uh, at the VA. And it's not necessarily people from Milwaukee that use it. If you're outside of 50 miles of the range, those are the ones that are eligible. One of the things you don't want to worry about if your loved one, your military member, your veteran is getting, you know, treatment, whether it's, you know, just a basic treatment or extended treatment is you don't want to have to worry about hotel rooms and all that kind of stuff and we take care of all of that it's a it's a house that you live in it's your room it's a like a five-star hotel it's your room complete with kitchens and space and big refrigerators and you've got patios and grills and just things to make it more like more like it's being at home if you're spending time with your loved one who's receiving treatment for whatever reason at the VAs and we're looking to build another one eventually out in Madison over the next couple of years. So we're fundraising for that now as well. But that's what they kind of like a Ronald McDonald house, you know, but it's for veterans and military members. That's the way I best describe it. So that's who we ride for. 100% of the proceeds of the ride go back to the house. Not a dime goes to anything else. Everything that you, you get, whether it's paperwork or signage or, or all the different uh, bar locations, everything's donated. Everything is donated. So, uh, we don't spend, even for the band, uh, even for the bands, bands donate. So we don't pay anything out. 100% of those proceeds goes back into the house. We, we've we always prided ourselves on that. 100% return on investment. So you never have to worry about But that's what Fisher House is, and that's what this ride is. And so hopefully you can make it down here as well. Uh, let's do this. Mike Clemens on the line. Mike, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Bill? I'm great. Uh, we're doing well down here. So uh, things are things are good, but you tell me how things are in Green Bay. And one of the things that uh, obviously the story broke yesterday that the Packers were in on the Jonathan Taylor deal, maybe if they would have gotten it done. So does that make uh, that running back room a little bit, little bit worrisome? Yeah, you know, do you remember me talking to you about uh, things swirling around A.J. Dillon a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that doesn't that just sort of sort of add fuel to the fire? Now Jonathan Taylor's a premier 
running back. Oh my gosh, what a you know what? How much more help could you help for that offense and for Jordan Love if you brought in Jonathan Taylor? Now, is it true? Yeah, Brian Gutekinds was asked about it directly and said, okay, what's my checklist of things regarding trades? All right, we're always trying to improve the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> you know, he went down, he mocked his own uh, checklist of uh, uh, re- rehearsed answers when asked about the Packers because the Packers will not talk about it. Now, you know, Gutekinds was named in a couple of these uh, reports and probably didn't appreciate it, but it happened. I mean, the fact is they get all kinds of calls. People have probably called the Green Bay Packers and say, hey, what would it take to give up uh, Christian Watson? I mean, they get all kinds of calls. But it's interesting that, uh, you know, obviously Green Bay inquired just to see what was going on. Now, what they were going to offer for that, because, um, you know, this A.J. Dillon story is intriguing from the standpoint of last year, you know, at, at times, did you did you really see Quadzilla? Did you really see the guy that came out of Boston College and just ran over people and, and driving his legs? Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers was ignoring him and not using him as much as he should. But whatever, then you start seeing what's going on in, in some of the early camps. And we're talking to AJ at his locker, and he put this up. He said, because he's into a contract here, and... He said, you know, I was talking about this, and my wife came to me and put in a tape of my my days at Boston College and said, see this? This is the way you need to run again with that reckless abandon. And, and he, he gave us that story that he was trying to find that particular gear where he was going to smash and run over people. He had a nice run against the Seahawks for about 18 yards. But what added fuel to the fire, Bill, was, all the snaps that they gave A.J. Dillon in, in the preseason as if they were evaluating him and testing him and seeing what's going on there. And uh, we found that kind of intriguing. So now to hear that maybe A.J. Dillon could have been out there on the trading block or was that an even swap with the Indianapolis Colts? We'll give you A.J. Dillon so you guys have a running back and we'll take Jonathan Taylor. That's interesting. But in the meantime, at the, at the running back free position, is that Emmanuel Wilson, who beat out Patrick Taylor. Patrick Taylor is is more of a head-on runner. Uh, you know, he's been with the team. You've seen him in games. Good for ball security. You know, Larry McCarron was even commenting during the broadcast last week about, you know, this is an all-around third running back for you. He's good on special teams. He's good in pass protection. But when Emmanuel Wilson picked up that stunt that the Seahawks ran, and was able to you know, protect uh, Jordan Love. And then he got another one of his 17-yard runs that I talked about uh, with him after the game where he, he just he, he hits that edge at the right time. He sees the blocks in front of him, and he takes it up for 17 yards right down the sideline in front of Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds down on the sidelines to evaluate players. This kid from Fort Valley State, a small school, let me underscore that, uh, if north of Atlanta and Georgia goes from that small school to being signed as an undrafted kid in Green Bay, he has this great training camp, and now he's right now on the roster as the number three running back of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting, Mike, in the sense that 
A.J. Dillon, I mean, like you said, his wife noticed this is the way you need to run. And I, I said, statistically, I don't have to look at his stats. Last year, he just wasn't the same runner. He he, he wasn't the power runner that we had seen. And he was, he, it was almost like there was a lot. He was almost trying to be too finesse or trying to, you know, slip tackles. And, and that's not his thing. His thing is running over people. That's what he's being paid to do. So you got the, the one-two punch in one being Aaron Jones, who is the quick scat back, the elusive guy. And then you come back with the power run that's going to run you over. And A.J. Dillon just wasn't that guy in the continuous last year. And the other thing about Wilson is, I thought this was interesting. Um, LaFleur had some sort of a, a comment yesterday about Emmanuel Wilson, number 31, the number three running back, and something about, you know, uh, contact after pads or something. And that means that they they really like the way he runs and attacks people but spins and moves up the field. And so he's got some basics that they were really impressed with. Now, it was just a couple of weeks ago, LaFleur said, yeah, you know, 31 is doing great, but we, you can see he was gassed by the end of the Bengals game. He's not in, in football shape. So I just think at the end of the day, Gudikin says, all right, Patrick Taylor is not going to get any better. This is, you know, he's, he's, he's at the top of the roller coaster. They swung back around and put him on practice squad again. They want to protect this Wilson kid who, by the way, led the NFL in Russian in the preseason. And I think that right now they just think, all right, if we get this kid into Green Bay and get him in the weight room, I mean, who knows? He, I mean, he, You know what he reminds me of? Frank Gore, like a tough fighting dude oh, like yeah. that. Who, you know, and he's smaller in size, but he's a handful. I mean, he brings power to his run. He's got, he's got a burner. So he can pick up some speed, but he's not afraid uh, to make that contact to get the extra five or six yards. So, Mike, uh, the way the roster has shaped out, and you and I were talking a little bit about this the other day, but the way the roster has shaped out, it, what do you feel good about and what do you have a concern about? you got to feel good about, I guess, offensive line. They kept 11 offensive linemen, and this was interesting. I don't know why he said this. But Gutekind, I mean, he had a long press conference. He took like 37 questions. And he was asked, really, a, you know, 11 offensive linemen? What do you see about what we perceive to be the last guy in that group is Jake Tenuta? And a, a, a guy didn't get that much snaps because he's been rolling around the locker room with one of those little carts and he's got some sort of an ankle or knee injury. And, and Gutekind said, because he's big. He's big, he's smart, good football player. Those guys are raw. So they kept him as the 11th offensive lineman. And he said, yeah, that's not going to be for long. He actually said that. So yeah. what does that mean? Okay, all right. And, you know, he, so he's, he's stacked uh, at uh, an offensive line. And maybe if someone wants to make a deal, uh, they're out there. And, and maybe there's somebody that, that they can sell off and, and get something with. Um we talked about running back. We, you, I think everybody pretty much understands the wide receiver story. That you got Watson, you got Dobbs. By the way, Romeo Dobbs, hamstring, still not on the field. And when asked, you know, is he going to be ready for the Bears game? LaFleur said, do you want the injury report now? As if we're not putting that out until next week, Wednesday. So that's a question mark there. Right. And Jaden Reed at slot 11, I'm, he is so good. He is so smart. I'm so psyched about him. Uh, Samari Torre uh, is the number four. And then Malik Heath, 
makes it on the team. Uh, you know, undrafted kid out of Mississippi State, you know, some off-the-field issues, but a fighter and everybody. I, we've been talking about 18 since about the end of the mini camp. Uh, my God, he, he made the roster, and I think he's like the number five guy. Uh, Daytonian Wicks made the team. He's been in and out with a, a hamstring injury. And you know, somebody asked me, how did you describe him? And I said, you know what? Wicks is the backup. Number 13 is the backup to Romeo Dobbs. About the same body type, same height, same kind of look when you see them out running their patterns. Grant DuBose uh, is promising in terms of speed. Missed all of the offseason and part of training camp with a back issue. So they circled him back and they put him on the practice squad. So, you know, you're good at, at wide receiver. And then uh, we got the running backs. Over on the defense side, it's still safety. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Johnson Owens. Right. Uh, I saw a coverage break that he's smart. Maybe he's still lost. You know, maybe Greg Williams, our new defensive uh, uh, coordinator for the secondary, is working with him. They've got a safety coach as well. Maybe he's a little lost, but he, he's, there's a lot of open guys that are back there. Uh, Tavarius Moore, 49ers experience, but injured. Um, uh, they ended up uh, uh, releasing him in like an injury settlement. Uh, and then so it's Rudy Ford. It's number 20. So it looks like he's going to start alongside Darnell Savage. And in a perfect world, the veteran Rudy Ford is great for special teams. And then bring him into fill-in if your first guy gets hurt. But I think Goody's still going to try and something's in the work where he can get a safety off the street. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to figure they're going to fortify that safety room in some way, shape, or form before the, the season gets underway now. Uh, my next question is, Mike, you know, looking at uh, what's available and how quickly you can get somebody into the system and get them acclimated to where you feel comfortable in actually using them. I mean, the timing is now. You would assume something in the next, you know, three, four days tops would happen for this team for that to be a reality, correct? Yeah, and you know, the, the point is, you're looking at these guys, you're looking at Goody and Lafleur, say, really? You know, Rudy Ford? I mean, you, you honestly think you're going to get through the season with that. Because... The same situation when Ty Davis went down at tight end, you said, oh, wow, okay, there's a problem. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, there's an Austin Allen, big kid, I think a lot of potential, number 49. Uh, they put him on the practice squad, but it's like, come on, you're not really going to go into the season with three tight ends. And no, they didn't. They ended up uh, waiting for a team that's deep at tight end, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Grant just told me that T.J. Hutchinson – just re-signed the guy that they picked up from the Lions. Uh, he's got a new contract with the Vikings, so they're deep. So this Ben Sims is a guy that they've picked up uh, from the Vikings out of Baylor. He's 23 years old. He was uh, in their camp, and now that's their fourth tight end, uh, they feel, so they can fortify the tight end situation with four tight ends to replace Tyler Davis. And what do they do? They Then they release Tariq Carpenter, who should be playing safety. They try to get him a job at, to linebacker. And right now, he's on the street. Yeah, I was going to say, Tariq Carpenter, they tried to make him into something. And he he did, he did played okay at defensive back, but he wasn't a, a, a linebacker. You know? I mean, they, yeah. he almost lost his job. He, I mean, he lost his job because they tried to make him something he really wasn't. Yeah. Good kid. And I thought he had some, some moves on special teams. And, it, you know, it's not past tense. They may find a way to, to, to bring him back. 
but, you know, those are the moves they made. He made the roster for one day, and then they started, as soon as there was other players and needs that they thought or better on the personnel board, here's a guy that grades out better, then he gets released from the 53, and they bring this guy on, Ben Sims, from the Vikings, and then we'll see if, you know, Tariq gets back in on practice squad or at some other level. Mike, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you real soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Have a great ride this weekend, okay? Thanks, pal. Appreciate it as always. We hope to. We hope to. Uh, Broadcasting live down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum, and this is the site uh, coming up on Sunday. Uh, We had to go to a bigger place, and so Harley-Davidson, the museum, stepped up, and they said we'd love to host it and send you off uh, in the right fashion, and that's what they're going to do here on Sunday morning. So please come down and join us, won't you? Uh, If you ride a motorcycle, doesn't matter what kind it is, please come down and join us uh, to ride with us for Fisher House, Wisconsin. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot more to get to, and coming up a little bit later on in the program, what did we miss? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live. We are down here at the Harley Davidson Museum. You don't get many better days than this. And uh, coming up this weekend, it's going to be uh, a titch warmer. It's going to be uh, upper 80s, low 90s. It's going to be sunny like it is today. It's uh, And there is nothing better than warm weather and motorcycling and doing it for a great cause. I don't, I don't know what else you could do as far as describing paradise, but it's going to be a lot of fun down here. This coming Sunday, uh, to many people that have been emailing me, yes, they are serving breakfast. Uh, there's going to be a pancake breakfast, but they're going to have everything down here uh, with motor. It's going to be kind of an outdoor buffet, as a matter of fact. And they're going to open all of that up. Uh, the factory outlet store, uh, I think that probably is going to be closed, but they're going to open up that big warehouse, the new the new uh, show place they have for receptions and such. And then they're going to open up the gift shop. And then the museum's going to be open. So this whole area is going to be open down here at the Harley Museum coming uh, really all weekend, but uh, specifically on Sunday during our motorcycle ride. And just we can't wait. Uh, And they have been unbelievably gracious. Tim McCormick, Bill Davidson, Erica Capagna. And Erica Capagna has just killed it when it comes to organizing this thing and helping us out down here. She's been just absolutely awesome to work with so thanks to everybody from the harley davidson museum that has helped out really wanted this ride and want to be a part of it and wanted to help us with it i know company-wide emails went out for harley davidson throughout the world yesterday which was just so cool and humbling to have them put that kind of support behind it so thanks to uh thanks to all of them for being a part of it as well so we really really appreciate it um so you know, a little earlier we had uh, talked about, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur and some of the things that were discussed regarding uh, some of the personnel moves. Um, you can't help but feel like there's something else that could be in the works. There's something else there that could happen before we get going, uh, maybe as soon as today or maybe throughout the weekend. Um, you know, Grant, I'm not one. You know, when Ted Thompson was here, very rarely would Ted do a trade. Where there was there talk of a trade? Was you know Ted kind of ran with those that he brought in? Do you get the sense that Goody's looking over the fence right now, seeing if he can't figure something else out? Well, what did he say when he took over? He wants to be in on every conversation, right? He wants to be in yeah. on every player. So I, I think he's 
holding true to that promise that he made years and years ago. I think Goody right now yeah. is holding tight and looking around and, and trying to game plan for next offseason. I think next offseason will look similar to 2019 when he got the Smith brothers and Adrian Amos. And I, I think right now he's organizing everything. He's getting his ducks in a row, making the money balanced. And I think he's just looking and listening for any way to, to improve his team between this season and this coming off season, this is his window to finally have some resources again, yeah. Bill, because he's been short on picks, short on money. He, he's finally got resources to do uh, and make moves. Yeah, I, I, I just get the sense that there's something something in the air. And it, may, it may not happen. We may very well hear again about something that the Packers were in on that just, you know, the trigger never got pulled and it, it never worked out. But you get the sense that while they're they're happy with the guys they have that you know like you said there's this 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 search to bolster the roster specifically spaces on the roster that are uh, uh lacking at the moment I, I guess might be the best way to put it so i, I kind of feel like there's there's still something there still something there there uh 877-867-1670 we're getting creeping up on the bottom of the hour and then we're going to do uh, what do we miss coming up here in just a little bit uh, I did, by the way, uh, a, a note, and I just saw this. Um, there was some some news that came across, uh, and if if this is all true, and I don't, I, I believe it is. The uh, the son of the former Packers Super Bowl champion uh, Brady Papinga, and everybody knows Brady. Brady's been on Fox, and Brady's been on this program numerous times, and uh, so much fun when we had him here in Green Bay. His son had passed away. Uh, his his teenage son uh, had an asthma attack and apparently has passed away. And I saw this a little while ago, and I was waiting for, for like, comp- confirmation. But Julius Papinga, uh, the son of uh, Brady Papinga, uh, passed away yesterday. He suffered a severe asthma attack last week. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he collapsed. He dealt with a collapsed lung while he was in the hospital and never recovered from it but a severe asthma attack 17 year old junior attended westlake high school in thousand oaks california uh was a two-way football player uh he also played lacrosse as well but uh yeah brady papinga's son man um passed away late yesterday because of an asthma now i read about the asthma attack and there were some people uh within the packers organization that kind of talked a little bit about it that his son wasn't doing real well but uh, when people started asking me about it earlier today, I didn't want to say yes or jump into the conversation because I didn't really know. And I kind of searched it a little bit. And sure enough, it's uh, going through some of the news publications. But Brady Papinga's son at the age of 17 passes away after a collapsed lung via an asthma attack. So, man, our our, our hearts go out to Brady. I just that, That's unbelievably tragic. Unbelievably tragic. So, so sorry to hear that. Brady's such a good guy. Uh, such an incredibly good guy. If, you, if you've ever got a ch- gotten a chance to to know Brady Papinga, talk to Brady Papinga. He's he's very uh, he's got a very dry sense of humor. He's a very funny guy, uh, very witty, very thoughtful, uh, very well spoken when it comes to the vernacular of football. Obviously, but uh, very very sad day when it comes to something like that. Football and everything else that goes along with it takes certainly a deep back seat to uh, to that. So anyway. Uh, but I did want to make a note of it because uh, there were some people asking about it, and I had not gotten confirmation, but I finally did, and sure enough, unfortunately, 
that was the story. So uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we are broadcasting live at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Got to say thanks to a lot of our sponsors. Haven't done a lot of that today, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure they understand, but we've been really down here to promote the, the weekend for the Harley-Davidson Museum and promote the weekend for the motorcycle ride. Uh, but thanks to our friends, Mikey and the gang at Exit Realty. For being a part of this, uh, thanks to our friends over at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill for being a part of this. Our friends at uh, Buzzard Billy's out in uh, La Crosse on Pearl Street, Buzzard Billy's and Company, uh, and those guys out there. And a big uh, shout-out to Gino and the gang at Calderon Club. Uh, we've got a big committee dinner coming up on Saturday night, and Gino said, whatever you need, we'll take care of it. So we'll, uh, big shout-out to him and his staff for uh, helping us and supporting us and taking care of a lot of the uh, committee members as well. So appreciate them also. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Registration is open and it's open until 10 a.m. Saturday morning. After that, uh, you got to register the day of. You can, by the way, just uh, an FYI, you can register the day of. So you can register uh, right here on site starting at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. But uh, you don't get if you don't pre-register, you're not in on all the prize packages that we have. The weekend getaway to go see the Packers and the Bears open up the season. The weekend getaway to Four Seasons Island Resort. The cigar and whiskey and bourbon basket, which is valued at well over $1,200. So you don't get in on any of that if you don't pre-register. But if you're one of those people that said, hey, I'm going to wait till the day of, that's fine. Come down and register the day of. Get yourself some breakfast in the morning. And then off we go. Kickstand's up at 11 a.m. Everything opens up down here at 8 a.m. So please, uh, you know, put it on your calendar. And if you ride a motorcycle uh, of any type, come on down because we would love, love, love to have you. Love to have you. Our buddy Theo Williams from the Combat Vets Association was just here and came by and said, man, they got a big contingent of uh, veteran riders that have all, the only way you get into the Combat Vets is if you saw combat. That have all seen combat, they're all going to gather, and then they're going to ride in together, and they're going to be a part of this, and big supporters of this. And he was just saying uh, what, what that this is the ride. This is like the ride of the year, and it's the ride to end the, kind of the, quote, summer uh, before everybody, you know, the kids and stuff, everybody gets back into school full time, and you start hunkering down for NFL season and college football season and such, so. Uh, it's great to be known that way, though. That this is this is kind of what we've grown it into. So we hope to get it, get it even bigger this weekend. We're looking forward to it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from uh, who's this from? This is from Mac Mac Daddy. We haven't heard from you in a while, by the way, Mac Daddy. He says, I have a lot of faith in the Green Bay Packers. I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Barry. The problem is his team's got talent. Joe Barry's not going to feature that talent. Do you think that Joe Barry will pull his head out of his rear end and get more aggressive? I saw some energy, but I didn't see aggressiveness in the preseason. Mac, first of all, great to have you back. I haven't seen your uh, emails in a while. Um, However, you don't see a lot in the preseason. 
there's not many defensive coordinators that open up the playbook and become aggressive in the preseason. There's just there's just not not, not many of uh, not many of them do that. So I get what you're saying. I just don't have a ton of faith in it as of yet. And the reason being is is because we haven't seen what he's going to offer up yet this year. So anyway, um, you know I I. No, to answer your question, I I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Barry, but I'm still kind of sitting back with my arms folded saying, show me something. So, because at the end of the season last year, ultimately he did. I mean, that's the bottom line. He did last year. Uh, He got a little more aggressive. The team played better. He started listening to some of the players. Remember guys like Jair Alexander? um, You know, they weren't coming out and finger pointing, but they were just not happy. They They just felt that they weren't being used and utilized the way they should be. So... Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, I think that Joe Barry, uh, you know, has basically been given the mandate by Brian Gutekinds and company to say, Hey, uh, you know, you got to get after the quarterback. You got to be a little more aggressive in that case. So, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. That might be the best way to put it. Let's just wait and see, see what happens. You know, uh, 877-867-1670. You got something to say, bring it. 877-867-1670. 1670. Uh, I got our buddy Derek in Albany back. Derek, welcome to the program, man. How you doing, pal? Hey, Bill. Uh, my my heartfelt uh, condolences to Brady Papinga. What a stand-up guy, man. I mean, a man's man, a cerebral guy, yeah. uh, a man of God. I mean, the, just about everything you can think of. Brady's, he was one of my favorite Packers for sure. And everything you said about him mm-hmm. is true. And uh, I feel bad. A real stand-up guy. And I want to commend you for... Uh, the charity work you're doing, you know, your enthusiasm, um, you, you're really bringing it and, and your, you know, passion to do it is terrific. I, I can relate because I ran a Packer fan club in upstate New York for 35 years from 1984 to 2019. And we did all kinds of charity events and we didn't just gather, you know, as a group, right. we were the largest and longest tenured Packer fan club in upstate New York. We were the capital district Packer backers. We did it. And we did a lot for the community, you know, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, Center for Disability Services, Toys for Tots, American Cancer Society. But we enjoyed doing it. We enjoyed giving back. So I, I can relate. Hey, as far as the, the Packers, um, I think Romeo Dobbs, I got a feeling they're going to hold him out of that first game because, you know, I don't think they're going to want to play him at 70 or 80 percent. And you, that's, hamstrings are right. tricky, man. You know, I so I, I think that, you know, Luke Musgrave and I think uh, Aaron Jones out of the backfield, another way, I think the short passing game is going to be really important. And, of course, maybe Jordan Love, maybe they'll have a couple of, des- you know, runs designed for him. And you and I both agree, and I think a lot of your audience would agree, that this is probably the biggest Packer game, the most important, I think, in the last 10 years. And, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic about it. I really feel that it is. I, I think it's huge. And I hope Fields, I think the only thing we should do with, with – Chicago, in terms of our defenses, don't let him gash us with the run. Right. I first of all, how big a game this is, it may be a little bit over dramatic, but I, I agree. And the reason I agree with you is because, and I've said this before, you've had a quarterback in Aaron, Aaron Rodgers who was very public in owning the pack, owning the Bears, as a Packers quarterback, and you got to follow in those footsteps. And if you allow a little light to crack out of the Pandora's box for Bears fans to suddenly believe that, hey, by the way, the Packers and that longtime dominance over our franchise is now dead, 
and the organization, I, you know, then you're back to, you know, trying to beat up on one another, so to speak. And, and suddenly it's, it's a real, you know, you've always had the divisional rival, but you don't want to give them any kind of confidence to think that suddenly the Packers are this, uh, you know, back to the seventies, back to the eighties, dead giant that is no longer going to wake up. I, I think it's a big game and I think it's important for more of the psyche of Jordan Love to get a win, to continue that dominance, because otherwise he lost to a team that Aaron Rodgers owned, and and that can play on your mind as well to say, oh my goodness, I, I'm, you know, the fan base will say, oh my good, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Oh my goodness, he's the organization's not as good as the Bears anymore. I think it's important for a lot of different reasons and confidence-wise for them to get the win over the Bears. I agree. That it? Anything else? I guess oh, not. We lost him. He gone. He said Jerry all he needed to say. Good stuff. <laughs> right? Hey, you know what? He, he, he did a mic drop or a phone drop, whatever. Yeah. There you go. Um, let's do this. Uh, we are, uh, boy, you know what they're bringing out right now with the noises you hear behind me? They bring out a giant Harley Davidson orange and black Plinko game. Remember the Connect Four game? Did you ever play Connect Four as a kid? Oh, yeah. Loved Connect Four. Where you drop the different, yeah, Connect Four. That's kind of, I think that's what it is. It's not Plinko. It's Connect Four. And they're getting ready for the afternoon fun festivities and such down here. So motorcycles are rolling in. And um, there. for those that remember in Milwaukee, there was a guy that used to drive around with his dog, Molly, on the front of his motorcycle. She was a big German Shepherd. Uh, beautiful dog, beautiful dog. Well, Molly had passed away, but that gentleman has got a new dog. And the dog rides on a pillow on the gas tank. It, it's a big German Shepherd. It's not a little dog, but he just pulled in. And his dog's been down here running around for a little while. So then he puts goggles on her, and off she goes. So that's the motorcycle you hear in the background. So the I don't know if the new the, the new dog is named Molly as well. I don't know. But uh, he's uh, he drives an old Dynawide Glide. From years gone by, from like a 2000, and I don't know what that is, maybe 2000. That's a 2003. That's a anniversary bike. But there he goes, up the road with the big giant German Shepherd on the front of the motorcycle. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, what did we miss? That's coming up next to the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, we uh, wrapping things up down here at the Harley-Davidson Museum. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, we got about uh, eight minutes before uh, we, we take off, but uh, what did we miss today? What did we miss, Grant Bills? We've missed a lot. I don't, I don't, going on down here. I don't yeah, know we, if you've, uh, you've missed anything that like, um, like irresponsibly missed anything, but lots of little things. Like I have a couple football ones. Uh, you mentioned Anthony Richardson earlier. Anthony Richardson got named yep. a team captain today. So if you're worried about his fit on the team, <laughs> doesn't seem like that's an issue. I don't know. Just thought that was pertinent okay. after uh, talking well, then about. Maybe his rap he's not rapping. Well, yeah, maybe he's not rapping after the fact. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to some of his music tonight. I'll, I'll report back tomorrow. And also. I, I thought this headline was funny. Kirk Cousins was also voted a captain. He was voted a captain by every Vikings player except himself, which is the most Kirk Cousins thing ever. Kirk Cousins' stock is up. Right. I feel like Kirk Cousins is is very popular right now. People are coming around on him. 
Um, the, the problem is, is he doesn't have postseason wins. He's got one yeah. in his entire career. That's it. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has been a terrific regular season quarterback, and he's been very good for fantasy. But he just, yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not that dude, man. On when it comes to the postseason, him he, and Dak, yeah. they sit back and watch everybody else play. Used to view him as a little nerdy and kind of an oddball, but I, I think everyone's year after year embracing him a little bit more. Like, for example, I talked to my sister last week. She doesn't watch sports. You know, she'll watch the Brewers with my parents, or, or that's about it. And she said, did you watch that quarterback show on Netflix? Eh, no. She said, I love Kirk Cousins now. Because she doesn't watch football at all, but she watched the, the quarterback series. She's like, Kirk Cousins seems like the coolest, nicest man. She's like, I now I halfway want to cheer for him, even though he's on the Vikings. So people are starting to like Kirk. Yeah. I don't okay. know. Okay. Kirk, Kirk is making an impression. You don't, you don't sound sold at all. <laughs> you know, he's a very nice guy, I'm sure. I'm sure his kids love him. I, I just, you know, when it comes down to the brass tacks of winning and losing, he's been able to do a lot in Minnesota. And the one thing that Packers fans just sit back and smile at is the fact that he can't win in the postseason and they haven't won a Lombardi trophy yet. So, uh, the you know, for all eternity still, you can say that uh, that uh, trophy case is collecting air, and that's about the extent of it. On this show, we care about wins and losses. That's what matters at the end of the day Correct. on the Bill Michaels Correct. show. I, I like yeah. that. A couple of extensions. Uh, Mike Clemens mentioned this earlier. TJ Hawkinson going to make about $17 million a year. That clears him over Darren Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. That's a pretty good yeah. deal for TJ Hawkinson because I think he's he's good. I, I don't know that he's best tight end in the league good, but that's how contracts work. So cheers to TJ Hawkinson. Right. Yeah, that the, the I, boy. I tell you what, he's going to have to really put out this year because to be better than Waller and company, you're going to see Travis Kelsey. You're going to see all those guys. They're going to put up bigger numbers than him. And then, can you imagine what the contracts are going to be for tight ends now down the road? I mean, granted, the the money has grown in the NFL exponentially, but you know, I mean, you got running backs wanting theirs, tight ends wanting theirs, wide receivers wanting theirs, safeties, corners wanting theirs, linemen are now getting you know tremendously paid. You know, who eventually there's going to be, you know, right now it looks like the running back group is the odd man out. But, man, eventually there's going to be a couple of these guys that are going to be pissed and they're they're going to, like Jonathan Taylor, wants to hold out, doesn't want to play for the amount of money he's making, wants a new contract on top of his, you know, what he's getting right now for his uh, rookie deal. And that's just, it, it ain't going to happen. Owners are just going to say, no, it ain't going to happen. And, uh, you know, he just set the bar a little bit higher for tight ends. Now we're going to look over the fence and go, oh, we're going to get paid too. And that ain't going to happen. Another extension, uh, fullback Alec Ingold, Badgers' former uh, fullback. He got extended today, yeah. three years, $17 million. That makes him the AFC's wow. highest-paid fullback, which I didn't know we were keeping track of such things because I feel like there aren't that many fullbacks. But Alec Ingold is the highest-paid one. <laughs> he might be the highest-paid fullback in, like, out of three fullbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Total. I don't know any fullbacks in the National Football League anymore. So, but good for him. Hey, Badger doing well. Anytime you can talk about a Badger being in there. I would a, also uh, feather in the cap of the program. Yeah, I would also like to report that I'm the highest paid producer of the Bill Michaels show while we're keeping track of everybody's <laughs> money. I just I want that out there. That's that's according to sources uh close to the situation. A couple uh a couple of uh, baseball stories I wanted to share with you. The Mets cut like their entire front office loose today. Uh, they got rid of the director of player development. They fired the director of pro, pro player evaluation. So Steve Cohen's getting rid of everybody, perhaps getting ready yeah. to now chase down David Stearns. We'll see. Yeah. 
I would think so. They, he probably called Dave and said, Dave, what's the problem? And Dave said, everybody sucks. Yeah. So he hung up the phone and fired everybody in uh, the preparation for David Stern. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if uh, David, uh, if his if residence. Has anybody checked to see if he's even in Milwaukee anymore? I don't know. Has it maybe I think because he's a special consultant via Zoom or something. Yeah, I think he's just keeping busy in the X golf bays in between games and in between yeah. practices, hanging out at the ballpark. Any anybody need anything? No, you're good. Okay, I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go uh, work yeah. on my driver. You know, like that's what his Zoom background shows. But I'm thinking he's probably <laughs> doing it from a you know a high high rise apartment penthouse somewhere in Manhattan. Yeah, you know. Oh my <laughs> right god. Now. Um, is that it or is there, is there more? Well, I had one more baseball thing, uh, Brewers Phillies yeah, this weekend and a uh, friend of show and, uh, and producer at WIP, Ben Kenny hit me up and he said, please tell Bill that Ben is excited to be at the ballpark to see Mr. Miley pitch on Sunday afternoon. So we're all looking forward to Brewers Phillies. This well, weekend. there you go. I, and I said, Ben, or, uh, Wade Miley would be the X factor this year. So he is going to see Mr. X factor. So, Mr. X. I have to text him. Yeah, Mr. Also, X-Factor. WIP had a caller that motivated Bryce Harper to hit a home run. Uh, maybe saw this earlier this week, but Bryce Harper shouted out a caller named Chuck to WIP. Said, "I hit that home run for Chuck." So I'm trying to figure out, you know, is anybody going to hit a home run for Gerard in Delaware? Uh, Tim in Sparta. Like, can right? we please motivate the Brewers here on the Bill Michaels Show? Not asking for yeah. the world. <laughs> can somebody not strike out? It's kind of it really was feaster fan, but then again, the wind was blowing in pretty heavy the other night. But the, and the Brewers really tagged the ball, but they just didn't get it, you know, against Mother Nature to be able to put it out of the ballpark to get the win. But you know, yesterday was you know, kind of hope for a few more, few more, uh, few more runs across the plate and ultimately walk away with a win in that case. Um, for those that don't know, real quick before we leave, today's one today and tomorrow are crazy, and and everybody knows that for you know putting this whole you know the motorcycle ride the charity event together. Uh, for you, Grant, and I told you this off the air, but Grant did a bang-up job today because today this is what I'm doing while I'm on the air because I've got uh, the television station is here needing affidavits from all the guests coming on the TV with us on Sunday morning. The police department was here uh, earlier today wanting to know about the motorcycle ride and to do a, an impromptu meeting at 10 a.m., which is when we go on the air. Uh, regarding riders and safety, and this was the only time that they had. So in between talking to Clemens and on and off mic and on and off mic and on and off mic, that's why you heard the thing cutting in and out, I'm talking to the police department. Uh, We had people and dignitaries in town from Harley-Davidson. We've got people in town for the motorcycle ride. The Combat Vets Association president, Theo, was here a little while ago. They were here. All these people are here talking and meeting while we're on the air and in the whole time i'm trying to do a radio show and grant's like typing like a madman keeping me informed so grant bills uh, won the producer of the year award today uh, oh, hands down too kind so good stuff that's why i'm the highest so, paid uh, of all we, the producers on the show there you go there you go you got a raise any anything above what you're making is, is a raise so absolutely you got something coming yeah so uh we're going to be back at it again tomorrow back in studio tomorrow uh, but again if you have not gotten registered for the ride yet it is kicking off uh down here on sunday morning you can get pre-registered all the way through 10 a.m on saturday so you've got a little bit of time but time's running out 
get pre-registered, go to uh, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. You can follow it on fa- on Instagram as well. There's not many followers. I think there's like three. We just opened up that page about a month ago. But you can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and get registered for the motorcycle ride. Please do. And if you don't ride, spread the word to those who do. That's all we ask. And we'll be back at it again tomorrow, 20 hours from now. Until we talk again then. Time for us to go, have a good one. Huh?